Okay, fantastic. All right, let me get this periscope going, and then we have some really good questions today. Okay, I think I'm live. Hold on. Hello, Periscope friends. You're coming in. I know. Hi. I, I hope you've kind of been waiting. I haven't seen you all in a couple of days over on Periscope. So, it's been, like I said, I only use Periscope. I come when it's authentic, I, when it's real. I'm always ready for these Wednesday calls because the questions stack up. And so, this gives me great. I love this. I love getting after the deeper things um, with you and sharing and hearing people's struggles, like real struggles, that really helps. I know we ask questions on Periscope, but questions move so fast, we can't really have time to dialogue. So uh, as you're coming into Periscope, um, yes, say hi to one another, put a freedom bell up there uh, for your family or whatever it is, and you can share this. Uh, I'm on the telephone right now for those that are just calling in, but you can share this Periscope by swiping from left to right up a little bit and hit share. It's a great way to, to drop some truth and maybe a little bit of tension into someone's feed because we're talking about something that doesn't come easy. We're talking about our wholeness uh, in Christ, that our bodies are coming underneath our faith. That's why this is hashtag faith, then fitness. Good morning. Hi, Holly. And um, that can be a little disturbing. It can feel a little strange, and that's okay. That's why we say embrace your weird. Jesus, we got to remember, he comes and he thought of his weird. Everything about his his message was weird. The way he loved felt weird. It's very opposite of what we know to be what we know, the thing that we think it is. So that's why um, I'm grateful you're here because you're all a little weird and you're willing to just keep going into the unknown places if that's where God is calling you. And I believe he, that's where he's calling all of us. Amen. We have to have ears to hear and eyes to see. So that's what I get to do in this time. We're going to jump right in because uh, let me just, for those people on Periscope that are coming in, we're in a 30-day uh, clean hearting challenge. It's, a, it's clean eating, but it's underneath our hearts. That's why we're calling it clean hearting. So we've been, we came off the holidays and we've spent 30 days, and we're spending 30 days. We now are on day, whatever, 24, um, really looking at our hearts first in relationship to food. We've been fasting something. Some of you have maybe come out of your fast because you felt like you were getting very religious about it. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Only you have to be sensitive to where God is calling you. It's very unique for everyone. Yes, listen, I have a long-standing professional background in the fitness industry, over 20 years of experience. It works. The equations work. If, I, if we got everyone to eat exactly the same or did the same, it, it will work out. Um, we'd all probably be, you know, some point maybe here, you know, a couple, six, maybe four pounds down. But it really isn't about that. I want you to find your road to freedom. I'm wearing my get free, stay free, set free shirt today because that really is the mission of Revelation Wellness. Um, and I, in the name of Jesus, block you and your defilement. In the name of Jesus, be clean. So this is what we do for 30 days is we'll really go after the Lord and get us free, God, so that we can hear from you because you're a better nutritionist than the best nutritionist. You're a better personal trainer than the best personal trainer. You're a better financial advisor than the best. He is knowledge. He is wisdom. The only reason we know what we know is because he's gracious to share that with us in truth. The problem, though, if we don't root it in God, we will take it and twist it for our own gain financially, our own faith. That's why there is no new knowledge, everyone. There is no new knowledge under the sun. That's what Ecclesiastes tell us. It's, it's 
and it gets recycled and repeated, and a lot of truth gets stolen from the Lord in the name of Jesus. It's his truth. Clean eating belongs to him. He told us in the very beginning, fruit, these grains, these foods I give to you for nourishment. These are the foods to eat. And now we take and call it, oh, clean eating, and then we call it the paleo diet. We call it how we were supposed to eat. Yeah, because God designed it so. So that is why we have to check our hearts all the time so we'll easily make it about something else and get off track from him. He's the best place to be found. Abide in him and all these things, all these things we give you. Seek him first, all these things. Abide and you will be fruitful. All right, so I'm going to get right into it. I know I can do this whole hour on just going and talking. Uh, listen, I want to also say this. We're getting close to the end of the challenge. Um, but we're still, I'm still going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to periscope with you over on the Elisa Keaton channel, sometimes over here too. So be sure to uh, follow and, and keep your eyes open. Follow us on revelationwellness.org. Uh, if you're in the Clean Hearting Challenge, you now will be messaged from us. You can opt out if you want any time. But I'll be, we'll be blogging. We'll be writing. We'll be um, looking at how we can continue to serve you. I have some ideas that I'm speaking with on about. Uh, continuing this conversation. We have also, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a nudge here. If you're in the Free Marketing Challenge, you're going to get special access into Way Less to Feed More, which is our eight-week Christ-centered Bible study. It's in-depth. This looks like child's play compared to what that wants to do with you, but it's, it's in the spirit of joy. It's going to be good stuff to spend another ongoing time with eight weeks, and then you have community back on the Facebook page with me and with others as well, and so we're not going anywhere is basically what we're saying. Yes, okay, so stay tuned for that. It will only be for those of you that are in the challenge and that I have your email. Sorry, Periscope um, people, but all right, let me pray. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for your excitement, your joy, your passion over us. I love reading today in the message version that says you deck us out in the light. You dress us in delight. You cover us in delight. That's how you see us. You can't see us any other way, God. You do see our brokenness. You do see our downfall. But it doesn't offend you. In fact, it calls you to come closer. Let me heal you. Let me show you what I see. Let me tell you what I hear. And so, God, open our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see. Our hearts would be touched by you and healed and made whole in the name of Jesus. And that we would walk in new ways, God, that we wouldn't just take old ways and polish them off and make them look new, God, but we have real, true new ways. So come here and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you love that you can say help? And God really does. Like, you can say help me. Help me. I'm so beyond myself. Like, I'm out on the line. All right, this first question is from Bethany. Thanks for the hearts. And again, you can share by swiping from left to right and scroll up a little bit. Okay, Bethany says, as I've been listening to you speak, through current and past videos, Periscopes, I've heard you mention that there have been times that you've needed to remove certain foods from your diet. Yes, yep, 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 and yep, intolerance, gluten, sugar, eggs, yes. I found that the cleaner my diet is, oh, this is a great question. I found that the cleaner my diet is, the more issues I've had with food. Whenever it is a bodily reaction, I feel uh, tingling in my legs um, if, I get, if I accidentally eat gluten or immune reaction based on lab tests, raw, dairy, eggs, blah, blah, blah. Um, when I remove food that I react to in the, that when I remove the food that I never reacted to in the past, and then I sub subsequently add it back to my diet after a while, I can't tolerate it anymore. Because of this, my diet continued to become more limited, 
and limited, and honestly, I feel like bondage to food. Amen. What's your opinion on why um, experienced clean eaters? Why experienced clean eaters like you and I start negatively reacting to healthy foods and have to limit weight? Okay, so let me summarize this. You know why? Because I know this. I know this. I know this. So for those of you that are like, I have no idea what she's talking about, this goes to the other side, to the other extreme. For people that have been like, all right, I'm going to clean out my diet because there's illness in me. The reason I asked all of you to look at what foods to remove, we removed a lot of uh, mostly sugars because we know that it's inflammatory. It doesn't extra sugar, we need sugar, but too much sugar backfires and it creates a toxic response in our, in our body. So as we start to pull it out, but what happens is we pull that out and then sometimes we pull a little bit more out. We, we start to go down this um, path. For me, that happened actually to me as I pulled out um, really fast and it was pulled from the Lord. The Lord wanted to heal my gut. Um, and then I experienced as I start, and this was months, if I started to have any little thing um, at all that I would get really sick. And I felt much like Bethany here. Like, well, I feel like I'm back in bondage again on the other side. Like, I can't. Right, and so uh, for me, for me, I, um, I first of all, I asked the Lord a lot. Like, I'm, I want freedom, God. And it wasn't that I wanted to have. I'm not trying to sneak my way back into having crud. I just want to be able to have a little bit um, here and there and be okay. For one thing, for uh, for me that have helped, just on a very practical level, just some enzymes to help me kind of break up food if I know I'm going to have something kind of rich or something that, you know, going to a party, whatever it is, sometimes those can help. Um, I do not stand behind a specific brand. Well, leave that to your own. Um, but even then, it's not like 100 proof. It just would help a little bit in my digestion. For me, it was honestly, I have, I think we're kind of finding ourselves in this engineered food. <laughs> yes, Jenna, you can share, Jenna. In this engineered food place that we are, if it is, it's, it's, there is no straight line that if we fully clean up our diet and only eat clean food and that's what we do, then we find ourselves in bondage over there. But then if we go back and we have this processed engineered food, then we find ourselves fully getting our butts kicked. And we're like, what is, what is? For me, um, there is no perfect path, friends. So if we're all looking to find this perfect harmony inside of ourselves, and once I get there, then I'll know that I'm obedient to the Lord. That's not true. You're obedient to the Lord because you're taking every thought captive and you're taking every moment and kind of going, well, this is how I feel. This is what this food is bringing up for me. God, am I, am I afraid of I'm never going to eat again? What fear is this bringing up for me? That's only what God is getting after me is that, that fear place. So it, it, there's no straight. For me, I say I, I don't think I can offer you the perfect path out where you will never have any pain in your stomach again. And I also don't want you to be afraid. So we can't be afraid of not ever having whatever, like feeling like we're in a prison. So if you do eat a food it, just by accident or even if you choose to because you want to have some freedom, not to destroy your freedom, as Galatians 5 says. We, we have freedom, but not to use it to destroy our freedom. So if you would just like a little bit of freedom, just because you're like, I'm at a party for my son's birthday, um, then why not, God? Why can't, just a little bit, you might have some back, your body might fight back a little bit on it. Again, I think we can look into some enzymes, something maybe help your body out, think about it, but there might just be a kick. I think 
um, I'd rather be a little bit, I'd rather be over there than completely throwing the talent and just back to medicating myself. And then I don't even feel really those effects anymore. But I have a greater problem, which is digestion on a bigger scale. So I'd rather have a couple days or a day or an hour, whatever, that I feel and affect like, okay, in the name of Jesus, and, and stay free and not be afraid than I would be to just go, forget it. This isn't even worth it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Uh, I don't think, uh, it's, just, it's just the time we live in now. I just think our food has been so mass engineered. So much is available to us. So much is happening that we can't even tell what's going on with food, that we just have to trust God and love people, be wisdom, apply some good knowledge. But in the end, if you're looking for the perfect path to peace for your gut or anything else, there's some great steps. You can learn more about gut health, but don't make it the thing. Seek God. What is he healing you of? What is the thing that you're most afraid of? Always asking that question. So I, I think what I, 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 again, no, do this, this, and this, but things to consider and ask the Lord. And I, if I can anything, just encourage you, you're not alone. <laughs> I understand that place of being like, well, I did all that, and now any little thing, um, I'm just more in tune with my body, and that's a, that's a great thing to celebrate. It doesn't cause me to then become, um, yeah, that's Nicole, that's great. I totally learned because of colon cancer to keep my, daughter free and not fe- and not fear. Amen. That is something for real. Like fear, emotion carry a greater weight in us than if we eat gluten. I'm just going to put myself on the line. I think those, those types of stress and fear, that opens us up to more disease than if I'm having some dairy and gluten. Uh, I, I have no science behind that. But it would absolutely make sense because what we give attention to expands. My stress expands. My fear expands. And it just takes over all parts of my body. I'm no longer sober. And now I just use food as uh, the, treating my, my ailment than actually tending to the problem. Okay. This is from Sarah. I'm having a hard time grasping the balance. Oh, this is a great one. This one, I think we could always talk about this every time I periscope. We can always just, and, and periscope people, start sharing this question. Start answering, helping each other out. says, I'm having a hard time grasping the balance of grace and obedience. Can you explain it better? I feel like I'm getting stuck in a place where I'm getting too restrictive with my eating. Last time I was in clean hearting, I was not in the obedience lane for very long and slipped into the pride and disbelief ditch. So basically she just gave up. This time around, I'm really wanting to remain obedient and hear from him. I'm hearing from him, but not really about the clean eating stuff. So I think that's great. I'm just going to say that right now. If you're hearing from him, who cares what it's about? Like if he's speaking, listen. Um, don't worry if it's not about the food. Don't worry about that. So let me just interject to that. Um I'm hearing from it, but not really about cleaning stuff. That's where I feel it's hazy. And when I've made some not-so-good choices with my eating, I have felt shameful and repented and asked forgiveness. But where is this guilt coming from? That is a great question. That is a great question. Where is this guilt coming from? Why am I feeling like this? I want to honor, honor God with everything, my eating, my heart. I want to give it all to him. But lately I've been wondering when will it be okay for me to celebrate uh, when will I know it's time to come out of the cocoon phase? When will it be time to not feel like I'm cutting myself off from his grace? 
Yeah, you're making sense. Okay. Here's this this grace obedience thing, right? Because obedience requires grace. True obedience requires grace. And true grace says bring your obedience. So they're one and the same. When we start to feel like obedience is hard work, and it always is, but to the point where we're forgetting the payoff, where we're forgetting not the payoff, but the reason, the real motive. Why am I obedient? Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You will be obedient. If you love me, you'll be obedient. Now, listen, that we hear that from the filter of a father that would say, like, shame us. Say, like, if you really love me, almost manipulate us. If you love me, you would be obedient. But that is not the context. The context is like, hey, listen, spend as much time as possible sitting in my love, hearing how loved you are by me, knowing how much I love you. Sit under my waterfall of love, and you won't even need to worry about the work of obedience. That makes sense. It just becomes, that really is for me, and I know we're all in different places. We're all in different places on our journey. But I love him so much. I, I mean, I, I, I just love him. And anything he says to me, I'm going to do it. And I'm not, I, I'm most, I mean, I think for me the hardest one probably was I removed my breast implant. That one took about five years to wrestle out. <laughs> that was, but I could hear him calling me. And again, it's just me. I don't, I'm not saying this for anyone else with breast implants. It's just for me. He was asking me to something. And I couldn't get there, but my love for him started getting bigger and bigger that these things that I had, I was kind of going, I don't even care anymore. I hear you calling me, so I'm just going to do it. And that was pretty darn big. That was major surgery. And all that comes with it, right? Body image change, people knowing, blah, blah, blah. So for me, everything seems pretty darn small. If God asked me to do something, it's not because he's punishing me. You are not in this challenge, everyone. Nobody is in this challenge because you've been punished or because you deserve to be punished or because it's time for you to straighten out. That is not it. You are here because God so deeply loved and loved. And honest, I feel if we all knew how loved we were by God, none of us, there'd be no reason for programs. There'd be no reason for self-help books. None. There'd be no reason. We would know who we are and who we are. We would know. We'd be so fixed on how loved we are by God. Now, his love does not also give us permission to do whatever we want. So you don't get to just eat a plate of cookies and say, I love my body. Love your body. But what are, what are, what are you secretly doing? What is behind the the love for your body? Is it just because you're trying to give the world the finger? You know, there's that kind of, I want to say that, I want you, everyone, love your body, but not because you're angry or you feel shame or you feel hurt, so you push back and tell people, I'm going to love my body. How about we just love God? And I feel this about um, in Christ, it, it creates a very a humble, a humility in us. And humility is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discreet. Humility, I love Tim Keller says, as soon as you start talking about humility, he leaves the room because he doesn't want to be talked about. 
I say that because our love for God is rooted in our humility that he really does love us. So this grace obedience thing, you shouldn't feel like you're holding both. They're one and the same. Grace attaches to obedience. So when do you know when it's time to come out of the cocoon phase? When you don't have the joy of being there. When you've lost, like, I am totally doing this to try and earn something or prove something. When you don't feel free, it's time to come out of the cocoon phase, right? And then when you're out of the cocoon phase and you start kind of doing you're crazy again and you're not free, it's time to go in the cocoon phase. Do you see how God goes, hey, you don't get to... Nobody can design you, Weight Watchers, Oprah, and tell you how to do this. Not the way I can do it, where you and I are intimately involved in relationship. I'm speaking as God's voice, that you're with him day to day. And again, I say, friends, we have made it so much about the body, what it should look like, because we're inundated with images. We're inundated with constant information about food science, body nutrition, body physique. So you're, you're fighting a battle that's just getting louder where really our, our, our gaze should just change to the love of God. My attention focus is there. And as I give him that attention, I know who he is, and I'm encountering the love of God, and I know God's love, and I believe it, and he comes after my lies, my crazy thinking, thinking, my resentment, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, right, my hardness of heart, because that's what happens. If you get in his presence, he shows you what's kind of off. He heals you. He touches you. You cry a little bit, and you back, and then you got a clean slate. You just kind of want to do that more and more and more. And all these things of the world, that's why Romans 12 keeps telling you, don't conform, transform. Don't even try. Grace, and apart from obedience, is, 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 is conforming. For grace and obedience being one and the same, where they just marry each other and they melt into one another and it doesn't feel like I have to fight God on this. I mean, it sucks. He asks for things of me that suck. They kill my flesh every day. Every day. I'm a living, dying person. Every day. Parts of me just have to die. And as I do that, I know I'm being renewed inwardly and I'm going where he wants to go. Amen. From faith to faith. Yes, girl. All right. So there's that. Okay. This is, no one left their name on this one. So here's the question. What am I doing on time? I have to burn out of here today, you guys, at noon. I have an appointment. I have to be at. So here we go. I think I'll get through all these. I want your opinion on how you deal with the medical knowledge out there about preserving our bodies. Oh, this one's so good. Okay. I'm going to summarize this one. Basically, like, she... You know, you read food science and, and things about grains and then Alzheimer's and how it's connected to Alzheimer's. So then you start to go, oh, Alzheimer's runs in my family, so I should be, I should not do this. And it's that information overload. My gosh, the fact that the Internet, right? We get all this information. We learn about our own family line. So really what she's asking, I want to honor God with everything, my eating, my heart. I want to give it all to him. But lately I've been wondering when it will be okay for me to celebrate. When, oh, no, sorry, that's right. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I hate all food rules. I let go of the rules and didn't get, go hog wild by any means, but I saw my belly fat come back on when it wasn't there when I was on a ketosis diet, which is a grain-free diet. 
I don't suffer from insulin resistance anymore after losing a lot of weight years ago, but I'm wondering if this should concern me. How do you handle the knowledge you read about medical community, medical community in regard to things causing diseases and cancer? That's the bottom line. How do you handle that information you receive from the medical community and food regarding disease and the science? Um, well, I'm with you on this because there are diseases that run on, oh, I'm sorry, you can barely hear. Can you guys hear me? Let me know. I'm on a phone here. Periscope, can you guys hear me? I'll wait. Yeah, okay. Okay, thanks. All right, I don't know, whoever couldn't hear, um, sometimes log out, log back in. That helps. Sometimes you have a bad connection. Okay, thank you. Uh, I recently found out some news about my family that was shocking. Uh, in other words, that a disease runs in our family that we, no one had ever projected or seen. That we just, it's just, we just never thought that. In our family tends to run heart disease. Now, I say this, and believe it or not, we have the authority to cast down generational curses. The enemy loves to throw things at us that Alzheimer's. Your mom died of Alzheimer's. You're going to die of Alzheimer's. Your father's an alcoholic. Your mother's an alcoholic. So you're going to be an alcoholic. Amen? We all can look in our family line and go, yeah, that kind of runs. Hey, and that's okay. You should know what that is. Know what that is. And then you, I, in the authority of Christ, have the right to call and break all curses and assignments on our family, on our kids. We can break it. Yes, cancer, all of that, that we are I'm not going to, and really what you're saying is I'm not going to be a slave to fear. There's the disease and there's the thing. Okay. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to think of, uh, I'll be aware. It gives me a little more reason to access wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. Hey, God, you know, yes. Cancer runs in my, okay, uh, Alzheimer's runs in my father's line or has in the name of Jesus. I broke that off and just, I mean, we're all going to die of something. So should I get Alzheimer's? I'm not going to think, well, God wasn't faithful to my prayer. I trust him. I believe he knows what he's doing. But I also want to exercise my authority. And I know as a father, he loves to see us exercise our authority. We would just know who we are. It goes back to that. Because I'm so loved by him. And it tells me, four minutes, if I may. Four minutes. How are we doing? Romans eight fourteen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. All of you here on this phone line, on Periscope, you're here because you are led here. There's a Spirit, and you're a child of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by Him, Christ, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means everything that Christ did, said, had the effect and the power to do, I have too. I'm, it's, it's the exact same thing we see in royalty and inheritance. That just because I'm the, I'm the son or the daughter, I received it. I have it. If indeed we share in his suffering, 
in order that we may also share in his glory. We are heirs and co-heirs if indeed we share in his suffering. So for all of you who feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm in the same place. I feel like I keep coming to the same place. First of all, change your focus. We focus on the problem, and the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And Paul himself says, I have asked three times you would take this thorn away. For some of you, that your mission is in this misery. Your, your ministry is in it. There's something, there's something here that God is teaching you about who you are, who he is, and that the world would know him. You will, may never get six-pack abs because of that. You may never fully break free from the fear of Alzheimer's, cancer, and all that. But that's what I want to say in response to this question. Those, I just don't participate with fear. That's it. When it comes to knowledge of food and medical science and everything they say, I'm aware. And good science, that's great. Uh, and I just feel it goes back to trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or medical understanding or the world understanding. Don't try to lean on that. Lean on me. Eat food that's good for you. Have a piece of cake now and then. It's not going to lead to you now opening the entire pathway door for Alzheimer's to come back into your family. Fear would have you convinced in that, so that's why fear then clamps down and says you shouldn't have that, you shouldn't have that. So that for me, I'm in this new place of um, when I found out about this diagnosis, I spent like I, I got really crazy. There was just a fear of oh my gosh, and my daughter, and then I was like, name of Jesus. I will not participate with this. I'm not returning to it. I know who God is. He knows knows how I'm going to leave this earth. He knows we can't escape it. And the fact that we try to escape it, it just shows that we don't trust him and we fear. So we try to figure out our own evacuation plan instead of going, all right, God, I'm going to be wise with today. I'm going to do my best. And even my best is going to fall short because it's not very righteous. You tell me even my best acts are pretty much dirty rags to you. So thank God for grace. Thank God you're going to speak to me. I'm just not going to be afraid. I will not be afraid. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. We all know that song by Bethel. They knocked that one out of the park. Not only are you a child of God, but then you also have the authority to everything um, that Christ had authority over. Casting out demons, calling up, bringing um, restoration and transformation into the hearts of people. Speaking grace and truth, again, tied together. So that's how I handle the knowledge, is I take knowledge. I enjoy knowledge. Proverbs says, get knowledge. Actually, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. So I always take all the worldly knowledge, and it has to bow down under who I know God to be. And he's a good father. I trust him. So I'm just going to. I'm always going to let him have that. He always gets that seat. And all this other stuff, you have to bow to him. Okay, God, teach me what you want me to know. But do not participate with fear. So that's why I think a lot of those medical science books and all that, they perpetuate fear. But now you need to know this. And now you need to know this. Let's all just confess. Because of Google, we all have the idolatry of knowledge. That we don't do anything unless we know. Because we have informational knowledge. So you know, I don't do anything unless I know. Well, how about that's so not faith? Like, God tells you. You don't have to know. You just go do it. 
he'll provide as you move in the direction. All right. Ah, okay. This is from Megan. How do we navigate through asking God for big things boldly and having faith that he will answer <laughs> versus placing expectations on God that result in premeditated bitterness? This is actually from last week. I think I overlooked your question last week. Last week we talked about bitterness, right? talked about um, Naaman and the bitterness of expecting his healing to come a certain way, and it didn't. His heart got hard, but because of the pleas of the servant, he went ahead and did it anyway, and God healed. But if we're not careful in the expectations that we place on God, sometimes our expectations can turn on us and actually cause us to have bitterness towards God. So then what we end up doing is say, okay, I'm, have no, I'm not even going to ask God for anything because it's too scary. I might get disappointed which that's an orphan mentality. An orphan doesn't know where it's going to get its next meal. An orphan doesn't know if someone's going to choose them. An orphan doesn't know who they are because they don't know whose they are. But a child of God goes back to knowing they have studied these letters to find out about their father. They go and they transform their mind to it. They renew their mind. And so they know who God is. And they know, here are the answers, friends. Here's why your heart never has to get bitter. Ever again, even ask big things of the Lord. Yes, yes and amen. Ask big things. I would ask, when you ask something of them, is it of a kingdom value, for one? Because Jesus said, don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. Listen, you don't even need to pray. You need to ask, but don't like, oh, God, please. Those are small things. He promises to meet those needs. Is he interested in our wants? Totally. He loves to hear our dreams. He loves for us to take those big things and go, what what do you see? What's your imagination? What's your vision? Draw me a picture. Show me what you think. Because in the end, he knows we're just replicating what he's depositing into us. It's like when I teach my kids something and they make a drawing, we went to on a field trip and then they make a drawing of what they experienced, what they learned, what they knew, a vision of it, or whatever. It makes me happy as a parent. I'm like, oh, they got it. They got the experience. They remember the experience. And then they can begin to build more dreams for their life, right? Because all of life is just based on our experiences. We get ideas. We get thoughts based on our experiences. That's why if we have terrible experience, then we tend to think, terrible expectations of our life. But if we have these positive experiences, we start to think in a positive way and we dream big. So dream big. Um, But if my dream is, God, I'd really like to live in a five-bedroom home that is over in this really nice area of town where all the fancy people are because I want to bring Jesus there. Whatever. You know, we kind of have these motives that He's able to sort through the motives. Um, in the name of Jesus, I block you, and I say, be clean in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so, and I would encourage you all, if you see me block someone, I would encourage you to block them too if you're in there, in your feet, because you're just, you could get more of the same. Um, so dream big. Dream big. And then what do you do? If we're afraid to dream big, because then we might put expectations on God, he might not come through. Here's another thing, my friends. Let me just tell you. He told Abraham to look up at the sky 
a barren man with an old woman who, uh, or a barren man, an old man with a barren wife who could not produce children in their old, their past reproductive age. And he tells them to look up in the sky, right? So God is exemplifying risk to us. He's showing you absurdity that is holy. <laughs> so be absurd, but be holy. That's why if I ask for the mansion, that's absurd. Is it holy? Like, is it something that really, that that God would go, that's, yeah, that will make you more of who I would create you to be? Mm, I don't know. Could he still come through? If your motive is truly, I want to go and preach the gospel that I truly, he knows our heart. He's more interested in getting after that. So when we ask for things that come from an orphan spirit, that come from a, I don't really know God, I'm afraid, he's not to, He's a good enough father. I mean, we don't want him to give us that. But when we ask for things that are really rooted in who we are and who he is in our identity and in our design, when we ask for those things, he is quick to say yes. Now, is he quick to deliver? No. (laughs) Not always, friends. Right? He tells Abraham, and then it takes him 20-plus years. Yeah, I love that book, book, um, Circle Maker. Just circle around your prayers. Here's the thing, though, even about circling around your prayers. I think sometimes we can get it very like, here I go again, here I go again. Um, the message version says, don't you don't have to worry your prayers. Like, when you ask and seek and not kill, deliver, don't worry your prayers. So don't, don't do circles in anxiety. Do circles because, one, when you pray, move your feet. So you just go, no, my territory is still my territory. We have to not grow weary in doing good. That's that whole weary place. So we go, God still hasn't delivered. Listen, I was married to an atheist for 10 years. Do you not think Satan was trying to keep this from happening, what we're doing here? 10 years. And I knew that God was promising me good. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know if our marriage would make it, but I knew he was promising me good. So I kept believing God for better, and I waited. So our expectations happen when we don't get what we want when we want. We have to be very careful with that. The answers to God with our prayers that are in accordance with his will, like in according with his plan, and even if they're not in accordance with his plan, here are his answers. Write this down. Yes, sometimes, boom, it happens. But the big, 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 big ones, the absurd ones, usually don't happen quickly. So let's take time. That's why the next answer is not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Yes. Okay, here it is. Not yet. Not yet. That's why scripture is filled with endurance. Scripture, endure, endure, keep going, because that's faith. It's a long obedience in the same direction, a long obedience. Your whole life is filled with being faithful to one end goal. So, yes, not yet, or I have something better. That's it. That's how he answers the question. So, I have something better. In other words, if I'm like, get me that house in that really fancy neighborhood, oh, so I can preach the gospel there, but it's really not my motive. I just, I'm afraid of not having nice things, with it, right? And he's going to go, oh, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you what you don't even know to ask. That's who he is. So there's no way we can get tied up in bitterness, friends. If you know those are the three answers, there's no way you can get tied up in bitterness because he's 
doing it. It's just not time yet. And in the waiting, he's growing my character. He's weeding out my brokenness. He's weeding out my hardness of heart. He's doing good work in me because you don't want anything from God that your character cannot sustain. Amen? You don't want your answer to anything from God that your character cannot. You don't want a house that you can't afford, that your funds cannot sustain. You don't want what you can't in terms of healthiness to hold on to and stay free. All right. So that is how you can ask big. If your motives are where God would have you to be, ask big. And then just wait on those three answers. Yes, not yet. I have something better for you. You do not... Uh, bitterness is Satan is quick to try and get us to be bitter at God. He'll do anything to get us bitter at God. Just do little things, little dis- just start with little disappointments, and then he chips away at that. Um, hey, Matt, I don't know if I'll get to that today. I'm sorry. Um, I have a feeling we're going to do one more call next week, so you can email info at revelationwellness.org, and I will get uh, potentially to that call next week. Or I can talk about it on a periscope. Um, he's asking about fasting. All right, here we go. This is from Emily. We have two more that I can get to. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Emily, I'm wondering who Elisa's mentors are. What preachers, authors does she draw from? That's good. Okay. Yeah, that's a simple question. Well, clearly, I'm going to see the, the, the number one answer be the Jesus, the Jesus and the Bible. Um, yeah, a lot there. I listen to a lot. Uh, Jesus is her pilot. Um, oh, Mackenzie. Oh, hi, okay. Hi, Mackenzie. Yes. Yeah, Matt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. Lots of Jesus. Yeah, you just, there is, did you know once upon a time that when I first wrote Way Less to Feed More, which some of you are going to go do at home study, um, I gave it to a church group. Uh, like, I didn't know if people, I didn't know. I was fear and trembling. Like, I, I, I didn't have the thick skin yet, I was afraid, all that. And I thought, I just know I'm disobedient that I think I'm supposed to write this. And so I wrote it and I gave it to a church um, to look at and thought, maybe would you let me, would you let me do something here? And the reply back was, it's too much Jesus. That's all I'm going to say about that. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't, I didn't know. Too much Jesus. <laughs> That's when, it, when things are said. At least I was smart enough to know. That doesn't sound right. So, um, you, you can never have enough. Yeah, so that's my first go-to. And then firstly mentors. I actually have a mentor called uh, Renee Wooster. Um she has a website that will be, I think it's Dawn and Renee Wooster. Great for marriage. If any of you, I mean, that she and her husband pretty much single-handedly ministered to me in my sadness and a broken heart in my marriage and has been a big part of restoration. So for marriage, uh, they also do a lot of um, one-on-one healing work and things like that. So uh, the Dawn, D-O-N, and Renee uh, W-O-R, C-E-S-T-E-R dot com. So D-O-N-A-N-D-R-E-N-E-E. So Don and Renee. I think it's Don and Renee Wooster dot com or Don and Renee dot com. 
So Wooster spelled crazy, W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R.com. Highly recommend them as mentors. Um, guys, listen a lot to teachings from Bethel, uh, Bill Johnson, Matt Chandler, um, Steve, uh, Tim Keller. Tim Keller, like, you know, you all kind of go, what spiritual dad? He just seems like a nice guy. He's super, he's smart, nice. And all of these people, they have very different ways of worship. I, I don't do like one, you know, style of church. Like I just like diversity. I want to hear different teaching. I want to be exposed to all kinds of voices and, and styles and dialects. Um, so Bethel and my own local church here at New City. Uh, if you're in Phoenix, it's a great church, New City, Phoenix. Um, and I read constantly. So I just read. I read so much. I don't even know, but some of the greatest books I've read. Well, I've, we, we, Dave Platt, David Platt is one of the authors that you read in Revelation Moss Instructor Training. Uh, Radical, the book's called Radical. It's been one of the impactful books in my life. John Maxwell, in terms of leadership, any of his stuff, always golden, always good. Um, influences, yeah, for sure. There you go, preachers and authors. Yeah, I can't think. I'm, see, if I opened up my iPad, I would I could screenshot every book that I have, uh, but I can't remember them all right now. Right now, I think I'm in a John Maxwell book, so I really like it. It's it's called Leaders Ask Good Questions. Has anyone read that? It's really good. Reading Radical for the second time. Yeah. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, I love like, Joyce Myers. I've read a lot of Joyce Myers. That was a little mind. Love that. Um, I, all my books are on my iPad now. <laughs> I don't really do. Yeah. There's some good other names. Yeah. Andy Stanley. Read some good stuff from him. Oh, who's one of my favorite? Oh, um, Eldridge. John Eldridge. Really like him and his wife. I think Stashi is her name, Stassi Aldridge, another good one. Oh, Brene Brown. Thank you, Brene Brown. Very good. Yeah, not necessarily, Christine Kane. Uh, yep, not necessarily, um, hold on. These are all not necessarily like, uh, what do you call it, um, like Christian writers, but good, solid. Brene Brown, she believes in God and all that, but it's not like it's from a faith perspective. Kenneth Copeland, was someone shared that. I don't know. I don't know if I've read anything from him. Miles McPherson. All right. There's the TIFF gathering. Hey, on, uh, we'll be periscoping Jesus at the core this weekend, too. So check that out. Check that out. All right. Last question, friends. I know it's last minute. Less than an hour to the call. You may not get this question. Um, oh, this one is about, oh, this is a fun one. It's about she was basically she's very fit, very active, and she's doing the calendar, doing the workouts at home, and she thinks she's doing a great job, really enjoying it. And then she gets to yoga in terms of her flexibility, and she does not feel very good at it. <laughs> she asked, "My question is about down dog. Are my heels supposed to touch the floor? I feel like I have to walk my hands back a bit before I can do this, whereas." I, I guess me, I just pop up and there they are. <laughs> it's a matter of me. Is it a matter of me not doing enough yoga, um, or and eventually they will get down there. 
or a bodybuilding thing that I might not be built to do exactly that way. Yeah. Um, and then she says how she's worried about the 30 days coming to an end, and that's how I'm going to end the call today. Um, yeah, no, your heels do not have to touch the ground. So the best part is that our yoga, in terms of a downward dog position, it's just that when you can move from plank and push back into down dog, that you don't have to move your feet. So if your heels don't touch the ground, um, that's fine. It might even actually feel good for you to bend your knees and soften it just a little bit. And even though your heels will throw off the ground, your hamstrings and your hips are tight. Your hamstrings and your glutes are tight. And your Achilles, right, the back of the heel, are tight too. And some people just have shorter ones than others. Our attachments of the ligaments, not necessarily the muscle, but the ligaments, um, some have longer, some have shorter. So it is a, it can be a little bit of both. Biomechanically, you may not just, that may not happen. And that's okay. Um, as you get more flexible, you might find, hey, I've got more length. I know for me, if I stop uh, training my flexibility, yep, all my, my heels start to come off and I'm trying to push it back. I'm like, hey, Jesus, that's just where I'm at today. So just less striving and just being where I'm at. Breathing is a big, big part. Every posture you do, breathe. If you're not breathing, it's just calisthenics or gymnastics. If you breathe, then your body gets a chance to expand, open, and you get the oxygen down into the um, into the blood flow to help maybe help the muscle out. Um, myofascial release, so rolling. You're probably just really tight, friends. We all are tight. I don't know anyone that suffers from being overall too loose. We have some loose muscles and we have tight muscles, but in the general, our tight muscles won't let go. So rolling on a, a foam roller, you know what those are, getting massages, things like that will help to loosen the tissue up. And last but not least, water break. Good. Water break. Stay hydrated. It'll just help you overall with recovery, um, flexibility, all of that just helps. Yes, breathe. Keep doing it. It will get better. It will get a little better. It'll change. Can't promise you that you'll be like heels down on the ground, nailed it. <laughs> Forget it. Remember, the enemy loves to get us distracted. So my bottom line question for everyone in a yoga posture is, how's it feel? Does it feel good? Like, don't worry about what it looks like. Do I feel like I'm getting a stretch on the backside of my body and downward dog? Do I feel a stretch and a release in my glutes? Or my, and is there a sensory awareness? That's the beauty part of yoga, Pilates, more of the um, slower, milder movement. They give you time to connect your body to the actual muscle, to the thoughts you're having, uh, you have to be, it's that sense of presence, being more present, where fitness is just kind of going, there's a whole different presence we bring to it. They both have beautiful uh, benefits and are effective. So don't neglect one for the other. Amen? Okay. Any other questions on Periscope? I'm going to do one more, and then I'd like to pray for us all. Uh, the end, I love you. What's your first name from Faith to Faith? What's your first name? Keep seeing your lovely little face going up. Thank you. Why not? Bless you. Bless you. I'm waiting for it. Deb Sue. Deb Sue, are you in training? Um, meal ideas? I would go. I, I, the whole 30 is pretty good. Oh, well, I'm just going to declare that over you, Deb Sue. You're a lovely candidate for that. All of you guys, anyone who's here and you're like, wow, that was really enjoyable. I like to listen to that all day. 
Um, yeah, Gun Revolution Wellness Network, we, in, we raise up instructors to go out and basically what I just did, you go take that message out. Um, some people do more of the fitness. Some people do more of the uh, coaching like I'm doing here. Um, oh, wow. Now you got everyone telling Deb Sue, no pressure, Deb Sue. Look at us. <laughs> We're so subtle. <laughs> it is, um, yeah, it's, we always say if it will change your whole, it'll change your own life. And then you can lead others as God's leading you. It's just natural. It's just a natural. Um, you're obviously, if you're listening to this, there's something about your design, all of you listening on the phone lines, all of you, there's something in your design or in your mis- your misery or your your ministry, that's a ministry for you that God wants you to take that out. I love it. We are a family of busted up, broken people being made whole. None of us are perfect. We're all kind of a little sloppy and messy, but none of us are saying, hey, that's okay. Let's just stay there. Everyone is continuing. Like we say, you can be down, but you can't be out. God is not through with us yet. So we all just get on mission together and link arms because we're the body of Christ and we need one another. So check that out. Um, don't worry about this thing ending. Like we said, we're going to do, give you that, um, well, here you go. We're going to give you that, um, what do you call it? Uh, what else do you want to discount that will come in your email? So hang on for that. And let me pray. Let me pray. Please. Thanks. Ah, God, Father, Abba, Abba, Abba. And we say that because, um, there's no place we'd rather be than with you. Father, you're a good father to us. Lord, you have come and set us free and give us new thoughts and you sing new songs. And every morning, God, your mercies are new, your grace is new, which also means your song is new. You're not the God of repeat. You're not the God as yesterday was Groundhog Day. You are not that God. You are the God who breaks through and you destroy old tapes, God. The tapes are the lies, the accusations the distractions of this world that confuse us, that try to polarize us into religion or rebellion or obsessing and neglecting. And uh, so we right now, we find up that spirit of confusion, the spirit of orphan that would cause us to think negatively of you or even of others. So we confess it, it's in us. We confess that we tend to be easily prone to wander, uh, connecting ourselves to fear is so natural. Father, so come, release your spirit of belonging here, of love, God, agape, a love feast for all the people that are hearing this now. God, I pray you would release it in visions, in dreams. Uh, I pray for immediate release and healing of bodies and healing of deliverance of accusation and lies, that there would be an uprooting of any place the enemy has camped out and taken territory, has increased his dominion, in the name of Jesus, we cast him out. He has no place, God. And in the place where he is occupied, where there has been lies or accusations or shame, whatever has been deposited there, God, we pray right now you go in and you would clean it out. To the woman that has been abandoned and she was rejected when she was young, when she was told she was fat, she was told she was ugly, she was teased, ridiculed, and reviled, right now in the name of Jesus, God is saying, be healed. Beloved daughter of mine, come close. He has never left or forsaken. And for such a time as this, God has you on the lap, on the throne, on his lap, saying, I love. And let me tell you who you are. So, God, we receive thy identity for all of us. Let us see from you or see you and hear from you in 
new ways, God. Again, we destroy old tapes in the name of Jesus. We destroy the accusations the enemy has taken. So I ask right now in the name of Jesus for our hamstrings to be healed. Anywhere we have strived and our glutes and we've held on and we run and we chase and we keep going. In the name of Jesus, God, I ask for healing, release, release to the ligaments, release to the tension, um, hydration, uh, a fueling, a replenishing of the body and the muscles. I ask for the ability for people to rest that need to rest and the ability for people to rise that need to rise. In the name of Jesus, for such a time as this, the tides turn today. So we're grateful for who you are, the really crazy adventure you invite us into, and I thank you for this community, God. Increase it. Make us so contagious, and we will become even more undignified than this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, often when we pray and I open my eyes, I'm a little afraid to make sure no periscope trolls showed up. So, well done. Thank you, Lord, for protecting us. <laughs> Amen. Bye. Hey, Coach Erica. All right, you guys. Pray for me. I got to go do some bit. I have to shoot some videos. Not workout videos, like messaging videos. And I know how to message this, but whenever I'm about to sit down and message it, like in front of like production crew, I, it's just that pressure. So, y'all can pray for me on that. Um, I know the message. It's in me. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. Hi, Court. Yay, more videos. These are messaging videos, not like, not burpee videos. But yes, they'll be very useful for everyone, for instructors, people thinking about being instructor, people, all people. Messaging, messaging. You know, they call me a carny for Christ, right? That's who I am. Step right up. Bye, you guys. Have a great day. His love. All right, conference call. Thank you so much. And I will send this out in the email tomorrow for those that didn't get it, but you are here. So thanks for being here. If you missed any part of it, um, replay it tomorrow and listen to the parts you missed. Bless you guys. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Susan, for opening the line. Bye.